podcast listeners and welcome to episode four of the Rapid Ascent podcast. I'm your host, Ben Hucker. We've got a really special guest today, Matt Daniels from Geelong. He's a father of four, uh, runs a gym with his wife during the day. But outside of that, he's done some pretty crazy stuff. He's a Guinness World Record holder and we're going to find out during this episode why he just completed 535 consecutive half marathons in June 2019. Yep, you heard right. Um, we're going to find out the why. Thanks very much for tuning in. Here's episode four of the Rapid Ascent podcast with Matt Daniels. Matt Daniels, welcome to episode four of the Rapid Ascent podcast. Thanks very much for having me. It's great to be here. It's good to have you here. Now, I've given listeners a, a little bit of an introduction uh, with regard to your background, but I guess we can start by just going through your 535 consecutive half marathons, which you've just completed as of June 14. Is that right? Yeah, that was right. Yeah, number 535 was, was June 14th. That was a, a day in... A, a date I was always looking forward to for a, a long, long time. So I started oh, I December 27th, 2017, and um, yeah, completed a, a half marathon every day for 535 consecutive days in uh, in memory of in memory of Andrew Cadigan, and all inspired uh, from a from a book I read way back in 2015. But that was sort of my my final, I suppose, piece of the puzzle in in um, in honour of. Uh, yeah, Andrew Cadigan, and that's uh, good to finish up and good to, to finally tick it off and, and get it done, raise a fair bit of money for the Leukemia Foundation for CADS Cause. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was a fantastic, uh, fantastic event to, um, to get done and yeah, super proud of my achievement. Yeah, that was going to be the first question. Um, why? why so yeah. 500, that's the best part of two years running a half marathon every single day of the week. Yep. Yeah, so uh, yeah, well, I was super inspired in, in 2015. I read a book, With Every Step. So that was written by Neil Cadigan, who was Andrew's dad. So um, With Every Step. With Every Step, yeah, is, is the book. Still, to this day, the, the best book I've read. Was really inspired, did some big events, which I, I think we're going to talk about in, in 2016. Um, with some marathons there and a treadmill effort there. But um, the whole 535 days come about because uh, that was the same amount of time that Andrew had walked around Australia. So his story was he basically set off in memory of a mate who lost his life to leukemia. He set off on December 27th, 2010. He walked around Australia um, for 18 months, finished on June 14th, uh, 2012 on the Sydney Harbour Bridge. So basically I grabbed his start and his end date and come up with the 535 days. So in honour of CAD, I I ran a half marathon every day for the same amount of time that it took him to walk around Australia. and raise funds for yeah for the CADS cause, which is the Leukemia Foundation, because um, Andrew tragically lost his life in a in an accident overseas um, after finishing his epic walk around Australia. So I was really inspired by the book, and that's um, yeah that's what I did in, in memory of CAD. And why why did that hit home so hard that that particular book? I mean, you I've listened to a podcast, an interview with you, yourself, um, and you talk about being in Melbourne. I think it was a weekend yep. away with your wife. Yep. And you walked into a bookstore in Collins Street and you saw that particular book. Why, why did that book resonate with you so much? Yeah, well, I just picked up the book and as soon as I flipped it over and I um, I read the back of it, I knew it was going to be a book that I that I love. Um, I saw the picture of Cad walking on the front. So I bought that, took it home, started reading it. Basically couldn't put it down, so I was ripping through it. Um, might have been a, you know four or five days later that I could finish the book. And I still remember reading the last few chapters um, and the last few pages, especially where I where I read it, and obviously I, I knew the cat had, had died after his accident. Um, and I suppose when I put down the book, I just had a uh, you know a feeling come over me that that couldn't be the end of I suppose his journey. Like he'd been through all this stuff over eighteen months, and 
um, gone through a whole heap of a whole heap of stuff to honour a mate, and I thought that was you know really inspiring, and his story was truly amazing. So I felt sort of compelled to continue his legacy and continue you know his mission that he was on raising money for the CADS cause and for the Leukemia Foundation. So that's where the inspiration come from. Uh, yeah, the last few pages were yeah were quite emotional, and when I put the book down, I I started thinking about what I could do to you know sort of grab the baton and and um, and run with it, and that's sort of literally what I've done since I finished reading the book and with the support of his dad, Neil, and all his yep. family, they've been really, um, you know, really supportive behind me. So, um, yeah, that's the, the mission I've been on the last few years, honouring him and uh, all because of his, uh, yeah, his book. Yeah, it's incredible effort based on the fact as well that you've, you've never met Andrew. I mean, do you, do you feel a strong bond with Andrew, even though you never met him? I guess if he was here today, what would... What would you say to him? Yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, I definitely do feel a strong bond. Um, he, his book was amazing and his videos on, on YouTube of his, his epic journey around Australia are amazing. I've watched all them over and over again. So he was just a typical Aussie sort of larrikin bloke that went out and, and was on a mission and put his whole life on hold to honour a mate. And I thought that story was, was awesome. I can really uh, resonate with that. So, yeah, I definitely feel, um, you know, felt that he was looking over me with the with the runs. Um the whole 535 days, obviously no major injuries through there. I had a bit of a, um, probably a little bit more than a, a bit of a car accident, but had a, a fairly serious car accident there and was able to obviously run the next day and continue on my mission there. So uh, that was actually one day before he passed away. Um, we were involved, my wife and I and the, and the kids in a car accident. So uh, I definitely think he was looking down over over my effort and um, you know would have would have loved what I was doing in, in memory of him and his dad often says that as well that Cad would be looking down saying it was a it was a mad dog effort. So the day the day before Andrew passed away in a motorcycle accident, you were in a car accident. Yeah. So the day before, family. yeah, the day before he officially passed away, so he was in a motorcycle accident, was in a coma for quite a while, um, and then returned to Australia, but was um, obviously yeah, we obviously didn't make it through down here. So um, the day before yeah he passed away, we were involved in a in a car accident just on Torquay Highway there. We got hit pretty heavily from behind. Uh, a lady on a phone, I think she might have been. Oh. Uh, so she hit us about um, close to 100 kilometres an hour. She hit the, the car wheel just at the lights there. So um, I'd run that morning and then obviously um, went to hospital after the car accident with nothing major, just a bit of whiplash and stuff like that. But we were really, really lucky, my wife and I and my two oldest boys as well. So... Uh, we're lucky enough to get through that. Surf Coast Highway. Yeah, Surf Coast Highway. Yeah, yep. we're all lucky enough to walk away um, with no injuries at all, other than a you know a bit of a sore neck, a bit of whiplash, and then I could run the next day. Um, obviously, I was advised not to, but the, I was on the mission of doing one every day, so yep. ran the next day and felt you know felt okay, so that was no problem at all. But yeah, we're obviously really lucky, and no doubt Cab was looking looking down over us. Well, that in itself is a pretty incredible story. So that was during your fifty-five days. So that was during the half marathons. Yes, oh, it was during the half marathon. Yeah, during the half marathon. So that was, um, when was it? It was October. Um, yeah, October of, uh, what are we, last year. Yeah, so um, that's when the accident was there on the Torquay Highway. So like I said, you're really, really lucky. Um, and no doubt, yeah, like I said, Cad, Cad looking over us and making sure we're all okay. A little bit eerie, though. It was the day before he, he passed away. Okay, so when did uh, Andrew pass away? It was in Oct- well, he, October 2012. 2012. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty incredible as well. So, uh, no major complications. You were able to get up and run, basically the next day. Yeah, and I ran continue that. On. Yeah, yeah, that that uh, that very next day, I ran the half marathon again. Um, <clears throat> actually felt pretty good. 
like I said, apart from the, the little bit of whiplash, a little bit, the legs felt good. So I just ran later on in that afternoon. So um, it was a pretty long day. We were in hospital and getting checked out, um, the kids and I and and, um, and Lee as well. So um, yeah, but able to back it up the next day and felt, felt okay. I was going to start asking about, you know, injuries and niggles and shin splints and blisters and those types of things, but that probably pales in comparison to being in a car accident with your family and like it must have been, was it easy from then on in terms of... Yeah, well, it was, it was quite frightening, the uh, the car accident. Like I said, we were really, really lucky. We got pushed a fair way through the um, through the traffic lights there when we did get hit. So we were really fortunate. But, um, yeah, in terms of injuries, I had no no major injuries along the way. So, you yeah, know, shin, shin splints or hip issues, knee issues. Um, a little bit of sort of tenderness with the left Achilles after about three, sort of 350 half marathons but that was always going to happen so that was nothing that was too too concerning it was just a matter of warming up sort of after the first couple of k's the achilles behaved and away we went so but i was really lucky with injuries no injuries at all over the over the journey of the 18 months yeah it's pretty it's pretty amazing so is this due to your training regime like you to have a little niggling achilles problem after 300 half marathons i think people would be begging for that type of yeah like in a similar type scenario. I mean, people have niggles after one half marathon, let alone 300. Is there something specific that you're doing in your training? Uh, I had a really good training block leading into it. Um, I was always determined to get to the start line, you know, in feeling really good. So, and then using that first few months as a, as a really good foundation. So I always try to get K's in the legs and get ready to hit the start line, feeling fresh without any niggles. And that's what I was able to do. And then uh, once I started, you know, I was able to drop a bit of, a bit of weight, extra weight that I was carrying. Um, but I think the body just becomes so conditioned to, to doing what I was doing that I had no, had no niggles and was yeah, fortunate enough to uh, be able to run every day and, and be injury free. So definitely uh, lucky in that regard. I have read that you, you were carrying a bit of weight in the lead up. So about 20 Ks overweight. Um, I think I read that in a Geelong Advertiser article or the ABC. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that came off pretty quick? Or? Yeah, it came off pretty quick. And that was a, I suppose that was a catalyst for the run. I didn't uh, mention that to too many people, but um, my wife and I actually went away one weekend to, to Dalesford with um, our little boy Carter. And I jumped on the scales there. I was, I'm obviously a, a personal trainer and was losing my way a little bit, I suppose, in terms of motivation in regards to what I was going to do next. I've done the the marathons and the, and the treadmill run and stuff like that. So I was thinking about another big um, epic sort of run to do, but I was trying to sort of better my last few runs. Um, but yeah, jumped on the scales and I was close to 100 kilos. So that was a bit of a reality check and the, I suppose the kick in the ass that I needed to, to get my mind thinking about what I could do. And I thought I needed to yeah, better the, the previous efforts in regards to the marathons and the, and the 24-hour treadmill run. So I've come up with the idea of the 535 marathons and then got training for that. And then, yeah, dropped a bit of weight in the, in the training in the lead up. But then uh, once so I got... How tall are you? Just for listeners out uh, there. Whatever, six, six one, six two. Six one. Yeah. So 100 kg, it's yeah. getting up there, isn't it? That's yeah, definitely. Kind of a rugby player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not a profile. Yeah, that's it. Definitely not a uh, not a runner. So I definitely needed to shed some weight, uh, but was super determined to honour CAD and, and complete the five three five mission. So dropped a bit of weight in the training, and then uh, the first sort of few months, probably first two months, were really hard, just being so tired and I suppose carrying that little bit of extra weight. But I knew if I stick at it, the the weight will drop off, and um, you know the body will will take care of itself and. Yeah, about 20 kilos down now from, from then. Uh, dropped about, yeah, 15 to 20 kilos over the 18 months, which was which was a bonus. But um, yep. definitely a lot lighter now, which is, makes running a hell of a lot easier. And I understand, I heard, I think it's 
when we spoke prior to this podcast, you actually wanted it to be 535 consecutive marathons, not half marathons. Yeah, well, I, I did contemplate the marathons, but after doing the the 55 marathons in 55 days during 2016, um, that was that was hard enough, and I thought doing the and that that still stands as a record. Yeah, that still stands record, as a record. Yeah, official record. Yeah, yeah. So that was a, a Guinness World Record thing, uh, mainly for a bit of fun. But again, that was in memory of CAD after reading the book in 2015. I did that at. January 1st, 2016, mm-hmm. 55 marathons in 55 days. Uh, yeah, Guinness World Record, um, which is pretty cool, got the certificate in the, in the study and stuff like that. But um, I know there's been more people that have done more consecutive marathons, but in terms of getting it certified through the, the Guinness World Record crew, um, that's a bit of a mission in itself. So um, yeah, I was able to do that and, and prove that I'd done the 55 marathons. So that was pretty cool. But the uh, yeah, doing the 535 marathons in a row would have been a... Um, one hell of a mission, especially from a time point of view with a, a family and running a business and stuff like yeah. that. So I was happy with the, the half marathons is fine. Well, even a half marathon each morning. I mean, at what time of the, the day are you doing these half marathons? Yeah, so basically what I was doing, I was doing them at about Monday to Friday. We'd sort of do 7.30, give or take two hours with, with travel down to the river, getting changed and then heading off on the run. So This is the Bar- Barwon River? Yeah, just the Barwon River, just because it's yeah. convenient. A lot of people ask if I was doing them. In different running routes and stuff like that mm-hmm. but it's just so convenient heading down the river um parking there and then you know you got that half marathon loop so that was basically what i did sort of 95 percent of the time so that was seven. So same loop same direction every day uh mixed up mix it up yeah i did mix up the directions and then i mixed up parking in different spots around there as well to try yeah. to trick my mind into thinking i was doing something different so you'd know every square inch of the bow and river yeah then. i could run it blindfolded for sure <laughs> uh yeah i definitely do know every inch of the river so um yeah that was about nine seven thirty to nine thirty monday to friday i get that done um and then head back to the gyms for our for our mum's class and then uh, on the weekend i was about four thirty in the morning saturday sunday and that was purely just to oh, get four thirty a.m yeah four thirty a.m yeah i ran with um a couple of mates holly and, and jack every weekend they were you know they were really good for accountability and good mates of mine who just come along and we had a bit of a chat while we ran super early on saturday sunday and that was purely just to get it done early have the rest of the day off with the family and, and feel like i could have most of the day to recover so you're big on support crews like you couldn't do these things without people like holly and jack was it yeah yeah holly and jack yeah they were fantastic like i said they did um i think holly did over 100 maybe 150 half marathons over the journey so she's probably broken a record yeah, in she, her own right yeah <laughs> and then uh and jack joined me in feb after um yeah, after I started, so he he did a whole heap as well. Every weekend, those guys were there, sort of rain, hail, or shine. So that was awesome having them there, knowing I was meeting him. You know, so I had to get up and get it done super early. So the support, especially on the weekend, was fantastic. Most of the time during the week, Monday to Friday, it was me. Um, but obviously, I've had great support along the way, none more so than my the wife and the kids. So yeah, um, yeah, they're fully supportive of what I do, and the support's awesome. It just means I'm able to get out and focus on some runs. And you got two kids. I've got four kids. Four kids. Yeah, four kids. So Isaiah, Chase, Ella, and Little Carter. So from 17 right down to Little Carter's just turned two. He actually turned two a day after I finished the, the half marathons, which was pretty cool to yeah. have his little party and, um, yeah, knowing that I finished the, the running did journey. Did he get his own party or did Dad... Yeah, I was, I was going <laughs> to gate crash his, uh, his second birthday. Lee often said that. She said, you just want the party to, <laughs> to be all about you on the on the Saturday. But I finished the Friday night and then, yeah, we just had a little family get together on the Saturday, which was great. I didn't well, have five, to get up and run. 535 candles is a bit much, so two <laughs> yeah, candles exactly. is far easier. Yeah, exactly. So we went with the two candles. Um, but like I said, it was good not to have to get up Saturday morning and, and run. I could just chill out with little Carter and the rest of the kids, so it was awesome. Are your kids aware of what you're 
doing out there? You see all some of your achievements and milestones, or are that are you just dad that comes home from the gym? Uh, no, they know. Yeah, they know. Especially the older ones, the boys know. They were able to join me on some of the previous um, runs that I've done, which has been good. And I've always had them there, especially for the for the end end of the runs. Um, and again, with the five hundred and thirty five half marathons, they all joined me for the last few hundred meters, and we all we all ran in together, which was really special. Uh, did the same with the fifty five marathons, and then they joined me for part of the Adelaide to Geelong run as well. So now they know Dad runs. Um, little Carter know Dad's runs. So. Um, yeah, I think it's good, a good, uh, good role model for the kids and showing you that, that anything's um, anything's possible when you yeah. put your mind to it. And you were able to balance that quite okay with family. Yeah, like I mean, that's it's it's what eighteen months, best part of eighteen months, two years of running half marathons. So yeah, quite a big tax on the family and all the rest. Yeah, were definitely. There, were there days where you just thought, you know, I might just quit today. Yeah, like, I never, well, I never really thought about quitting. Um, obviously, yeah, like I said, the support from Lee. And the kids was amazing. Lee's been, yeah, unbelievable. She she looks after me and is fully supportive of what I'm um, what I'm doing and the mission that I was on. But obviously, it was yeah really hard in the start, just getting into routine. So, like I said, the first sort of month or two months, I was really tired just from the Ks. I was doing about it's obviously 149 kilometers a week, so it was about double what I would was doing in the in the training for it. So, just the week after week doing 149 kilometers, I was super tired throughout the course of the day. Mm. So just getting it all in routine and seeing what was working in regards to school drop-offs and school pickups and running and, mm. and the gym and stuff like that. So that was a little bit tricky initially, but once we sort of worked that out after a couple of months, um, you know, away we went and that just become a habit over the next 18 months. But obviously couldn't do it, yeah, without the support of you know, Lee and the kids. Yeah, so Lee works with you day to day at the gym? Yeah, yep. Yeah. So Lee and I share our um, group training classes. So she takes, uh, we take about half of the classes each over the course of the week, and then same as the mums and bubs classes. And then obviously we've got little Carter, um, yeah, that we're looking after now as well. He's just turned two, so busy, busy. Now, if I can just come back to fatigue for a minute, mm -hmm. how did you? I mean, the body, even after one half marathon, I think most people would be laid up in bed, you know, legs in the air, ice packs on. Yeah. How did you deal with the fatigue day to day? Or was there a certain point where it just sort of became normal? Your body adjusted and did you feel superhuman, I guess, at yeah. any point? Yeah, well, it definitely did adjust. So I think it took about two months, I reckon it took. Um, initially, I, I said to Holly one morning, I think it was after about 10 or 15, I, I said to Holly, I like to think that I can achieve most things I sort of put my mind to and I have in the past. Um, and I'm always really confident if I prepare right, that I can achieve these these big runs um, and these big things. But I said to Holly one morning that I think I might have sort of bitten off more than I can chew here. I've got like 17 and a half months to go of running a half marathon every day. And she said, you know, you're going to do it. Let's just get started with the run. So after how many was that? That was about sort of 10 to 15. 10 I just remember 15. being really, really tired. Carter was only little as well. So he was up during the night, um, you know, like little babies are. So I was mm. dealing, helping Lee deal with him and doing my part there. So I just remember... Some nights sitting in his room in the chair, uh, holding him, getting him back to sleep, whatever, just trying to um, get my head around how the hell am I going to get up in a couple of hours and, and do the classes at the gym for a couple of hours and then go down and run. The thought of running one kilometre was a was a nightmare at midnight compared to running another 21. But, yeah. uh, you know, you just get them done and then uh, you get them done the next day and you just, uh, you know, hold the vision and, and keep um, keep working through it all and before you know it, you're, you're two months in, three months in, four months in and you're feeling a hell of a lot better. And then, you, like you said, the body gets used to, to doing it. Yeah, is that another world record or...? Uh, no, yeah, well, I'd say it would be. I'm not sure if there's anyone that's done more <laughs> than that, but I didn't... Uh, that wasn't a, a Guinness World Record thing. Like I said, the last time it was a 
it was a mission putting together all the um the paperwork that's required to officially get it certified and to prove that you've done the, the record so doing that for a year and a half would have taken probably another year and a half <laughs> to yeah. to put together all the stuff that you need to do so um no that wasn't a world record that was just purely yeah to honor cad raise some money and and tick off a, a big mission I know for the 55-day record, there had to be someone at the start and the finish, and you got timed by tomato timing. There was yep. quite a few logistics. Was it kind of that level of detail and documentation in order to get a record? Yeah, that's what you got to pretty much do. So I think anyone can <clears throat> jump online and, and um, apply to get a record, um, you know, ticked off. But you've got to, yeah, I had to prove with the marathons that, um, where I was in sort of real-life time at the 10K, 20K, 30K, 40K and the yep. start and the finish. Uh, yeah, race witness at the start and at the end, you had to send all your media stuff through. Uh, I had to have videos of when I started the runs and videos of when I finished the runs. So um, yeah, I had to do have the course uh, all certified in terms of distance and stuff like that. So doing that for, yeah, 535 days to prove that would have been- Just a, too much. Yeah, just too much would have been a mission. I'm not uh, too concerned about the, the world yeah. record thing. The first one was just a, a bit of fun to go with the marathons. Yep. So you basically just measured yourself on Strava or something each day? Yeah, just measured the, uh, yeah, just had the Garmin watch. So got the Garmin watch um, with the half marathons. And yeah, just had the, I'll put that posted up on the, the 535 for CAD Facebook page every single day for a year and a half. And just to prove that I'd done the distance, I had the 21.1K uh, proof up there every day, just so everyone knew that I was getting it done and ticking it off. So yep. um, yeah, that was all up there to prove the job was done. and. Um, don't think I missed today. I've got it all all down at home as well. I wrote down at home every single every single run, so it's good to look back on. And how much money did you raise for Andrew Cads? Is he got a foundation, or is it yeah, it's, it's money for leukemia? Yeah, money for leukemia foundation, but it's um I think like Cads Cause is his sort of banner uh, underneath the leukemia foundation. If that sort of makes sense. So, um, is there a website listeners can go to? Uh, so, I, I had a link on my page from the the five three five for Cad Facebook page. I had a, a link there. Um, where I had a fundraising page for for CADS there, so I raised twenty five thousand dollars with these twenty five grand. Twenty five grand, yeah. yeah. So we um we did that through, obviously, yeah, raising some money during the, the course of the run. So we had a an event um on my five hundredth run in Geelong. So we had a an event there, uh, sold some tickets to that, had some auction items and all that sort of stuff. So that was a really good event. His family come down. We had Craig Harper speaking and giving up his time, which was awesome. And that was a, a really special uh, night and something I'll remember forever. So that was yeah, really good. We were able to raise a fair bit of money there on the night. And obviously that went to the, the grand total as well. And by the time you finished, your son Carter was two months, uh, two years old. Yeah, so he turned two the, the Saturday. So I finished Friday the next day. 24 yeah. hours later, little man turned two. So that was, and again, that was always, it was just worked out that way. But that was awesome. I knew once I'd finished on the Friday night. Could go home and chill out, and then yeah. wake up in the morning and not have to run and just chill out with the family. So um, yeah, did we you all... just go straight to McDonald's or Hungry Jacks or something. And... What did I do? I can't remember. <laughs> no, I stayed around at the gym for quite a while because I finished back at the gym. So um... don't tell me you did a gym session or no, no, no. <laughs> uh, we finished back there with a whole heap of uh, sort of family and friends and gym clients. So I had a really good turnout yeah. at the end. Um, we had the the we live indeed not years um, sort of CAD sort of slogan that we had. We had t-shirts on. The whole family had them on. So even little Carter had his. Uh, you know, size two T-shirt on, so that was pretty cool. Finishing live with all the indeed, family. not years. Yeah, we yeah. live indeed, not years. Yeah, that was in um, the end of the book with every step. Uh, Neil sort of speaks about that and how that um, quote sort of come about. So that was um, a big, a big, uh, a big quote and something that I um, you know mentioned regularly on my on the five three five for CAD page. So that's um, living your life in terms of deeds done to other people. 
Yeah, pretty much. Rather than years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's um, obviously that's a big uh, big thing for, for what Cade did. Obviously, he um, you know went out and um, did his epic adventure in memory of Chris Simpson, his mate, and um, in turn of yeah gone out and tried to honour Cade as best I possibly can through yeah through running. Yeah, it's amazing. Like Andrew's dad was there, no doubt. Yeah, he was there at the end. Yeah, he. He was um he was amazing. He come down with his his wife Chris, and they've been really supportive, and uh, they've been behind me all the way with all the stuff that I've done in memory of of Cat. Obviously, it's really hard for them as well because it brings up so much, um, you know, raw emotion when we when we see him um, see him finishing. They actually brought Cad's pram that he pushed around Australia. They actually brought that down for the last run. So I was um the last half marathon around the river. I pushed Cad's pram and, and finished back at the gym and uh, with his pram that he walked around Australia with. All right. Just and yep. it's basically left in the same state that uh, he he had it in from when he finished on the Sydney Harbour Bridge back in 2012. Yep. So like his sleeping bags in there, uh, everything's still in there. Right. So, so that's a yeah a little bit eerie, but um yeah. you know like you, you we spoke about before with Cad looking down. I think he would have been looking down on that last run. We were taking the um, yeah the pram for a, a run around the river, finish back at the gym with all the family and all the all the crowd there, and then Neil and Chris Cad's parents were there as well, so it was quite emotional. Emotional was yeah, yeah, quite emotional. But um, Leukemia Foundation was there as well, so we had a really good night there. Everyone hung around, we had a chat, and got a heap of photos. So it was, uh, it was something I'll remember forever. And where are the, where are the Cadigans from? The Cadigans are from up on the Gold Coast. Gold Coast, yeah, Gold okay. Coast, yeah. And they all came down for the. They all come down. They come down for the for the fundraising dinner on run number five hundred, yeah. and then they come down again for um yeah for the last run as well, which is really special. It's good to have them all there. Um yeah, and they've, they've uh, passed on Cad's pram to me now, so that was something that they wanted to do. Um, so I've got Cad's pram now, and trying to think of yeah another mission maybe to um to honour him again, or um yeah, I've got to work out work out what's next. And um. I guess if we can touch on Andrew's story uh, just briefly. So where did he... He walked around Australia. Where did he walk from to? Yes. It Sydney, Perth, Perth, Sydney, or was it right around? Yeah, so he, he started in in uh, Sydney. So, yeah, he, yep. he pretty much just went. He wasn't sure which direction he was going and how he was going to do it all. Uh, he just did it to honour a mate, uh, Chris Simpson, who, who passed away from a leukaemia condition. So he just set out, um, ended up putting his house on the market, selling his car. He might have had a, a couple of bucks on him, and he just walked yeah. walked a... Walk with the pram um, to honour, yeah, to honour Chris and to to raise funds for in memory of him. So he left Sydney and then uh, he did all of, all of Australia. Went over to Tassie as well. Uh, went right through the Nullarbor. So, but he did that, yeah, over eighteen months. Um, didn't walk every single day. There were some days there where he was too sore or tired. I think he battled quite a bit with some shin splints early. Um, he had a few days there where he had a hangover, so he wouldn't walk for a couple of days. <laughs> but he would just, um, you know. Other than that, he just get up and, and get the job done. So and then he finished back on the, the Sydney Harbour Bridge on June fourteenth, twenty twelve. So you definitely took that philosophy into your five hundred and thirty five half marathons and even your fifty five day record. Just get the job done. That yeah, exactly. Was your mentality waking up. Yeah, yeah. Just get the job. Yeah, exactly. Just get the job done. Um, just get started. Basically, once you get started with it, and, and I'm sure like Andrew would have done plenty of days where he just wakes up. He just basically pitched a tent at the end of the night under a bridge at a footy oval in a front yard, in a park, wherever. And then he, he got up bright and early and then hit the road. And some days, uh, you know, 60, 70, 80 kilometer days. Uh, there's a day there that he walked 100 kilometers, which is huge. Um, so yeah, just get started and get the job done. And that's uh, that's what I was doing. It sounds like an incredible book, an incredible story all the same. Um, 
So it's called With Every Step. Yeah, but it's written by his dad. Yeah, it's written yeah. by his dad. So when he passed away, his dad went over because that was Andrew was heading overseas after he completed the walk to put the book together. That was always his uh, his mission was to put the book together with his dad who'd, who'd done some books before. Uh, and then he was obviously tragically killed over there uh, in the motorcycle accident over there. So his dad... Was went... that in Bangkok or Chiang Mai or one of the yeah. major cities? Or... Yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and his dad got the uh, got his notes and put his notes together and then touched touch base with some people on Kate's yep. journey and was able to, from his notes, put together the, the book. But it was initially called uh, A Man in a Pram and then uh, it was republished, I think, and called With Every Step, which is the book I bought, but effectively just yeah. the same book. Yeah, okay. It's, I'll have to get a hold of that one. If we can have a, a little sliding doors moment for a second, say, take yourself back to that day in Collins Street. Uh, you're walking past the bookshop. It would have been Dimmick's bookstore, I imagine, on Australia yeah. on Columns. Or something. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I, I just remember picking up the book and then uh, you're seeing Cad uh, pushing the pram on the front and then flipping mm. it over. And then from the moment I started reading the back of it, um, I think it said on the front, uh, a son's quest and a father's promise. Um, and then I read the back of it and I thought, yeah, this is going to be a book that I that I love. And from the moment I started, I couldn't put it down. I just wanted to get to the end of it and, and see how his uh, his story unfolded. And I just thought it was an amazing story that needed to be continued. Yeah. And say, for example, you kept on walking that day. You, ne- you were in a rush. You had to go for a coffee or lunch or and you walked past the bookstore. Do you think you would have found that book? Or do you think something else would have driven you, inspired you? Uh, yeah, something would have driven me and inspired me, I'm sure. But I, I don't think to this length. Like I, in 2014, I did the Adelaide to Geelong run and that was in memory of my nana. So I've always sort of love running with um, and giving back and running uh, for, a, I suppose, a bigger purpose than myself. And, to... and you had no knowledge of Andrew at that point? No, I didn't. No, no not in 2014. And then I found the book in late 2015. 2015. Uh, so and Andrew yeah. passed in October 2012. Yeah, 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 spot on. So I found the book in yeah, late 2015. But um, I'm sure I would have been running and done some more big runs, but I, I'm not sure I would have been inspired and, and as motivated as I, um, as I currently am now if I hadn't read the book. It's sort of change the direction of my life a little bit and um yeah looking forward to some big big running adventures down the track but it's all been on the back of the marathons in in 2016 the treadmill run late 2016 and then obviously late 2017 doing these 535 half marathons yes i guess we can touch briefly on your before we get into the surf coast century and your, your preparation for that for 2019 um your first ultra marathon i do understand yep um so your trip from Adelaide to Geelong, how did you go with that? That's basically the best part of 800 kilometres running. Yeah, so that was in memory of my nana. So my nana passed away uh, with breast cancer. That um, was 2014, so she passed away late 2013. Um, and then 2014, yeah, I set out. She was a, a mad Hawk supporter, so absolutely yeah, passionate Hawk supporter. And um, I remember seeing her, you know, with a couple of days to go of her, of her living, I remember seeing her... Uh, just looking so old and frail and was about to pass away and that was really sad and really emotional and I was trying to think what I could do to um, I suppose honour her life and honour her fight because she fought it for, for a few years so um, I got to thinking and about what I could do and uh, was looking for the next big running thing after doing the Surf Coast Century back in 2012 and a few other things before, after that so so that that was the full Surf Coast Century yeah Surf Coast yeah 100 I did the 100 kilometre Surf Coast Century in, in 2012 mm-hmm. um, did like the Oxfam walk with a few clients in the gym in 2013 and then was looking for I suppose the next big um, uh, running adventure or the next big sort of thing in, in 2014 and Unfortunately, yeah, my nana passed away, and then um, what I did basically, I remember Shane Crawford running from um, Adelaide down to the Channel Nine 
Studios in Melbourne. Yeah, so he did done, too, yeah, yeah, he did Adelaide to Geelong. So basically, I touched base with the um, the ladies at the the BCNA, the Breast Cancer Network Australia. I told them I wanted to basically replicate Croft's run and run from Adelaide, but finish back at my gym in Geelong. So they were fantastic in regards to uh, you know telling me what running route he did and um, permits and all the bits and pieces that we need. So uh, yeah, I set off in May of. 2014 and then arrived back at my gym on june 1st which is it would have been my nana's 79th birthday so it was really important to get back on that date june 1st uh 2014 that was 12 days so yeah it was 760 kilometers i was in the end uh so i think it was sort of 60 to 65 k's a day we i averaged and then um yeah got back and raised about twenty thousand dollars for the bcna yeah which was awesome and it was good to honor my nana and get back and have all the family and friends and clients in the gym there i remember so I, rem- I remember vividly um, Shane Crawford's run from Adelaide to Melbourne. And I remember the pain that he went through because he was doing something similar, wasn't he? Raise- raising money yeah. for his own mum who passed away from, I think, breast cancer. Yeah. So, again, how did you deal with the fatigue, the pain? The you- Again, were you free of injuries? And how, how did you achieve that? Yeah, so again, good, really good training block in the lead-up. So I remember heading up to Adelaide. We flew up to Adelaide. Uh, I remember saying to... To Lee at the time, you don't often fly somewhere and then and then run back. <laughs> you always got the return ticket, but we flew to Adelaide, and then yeah, we were headed back running. So uh, a really good block of training. Felt really good in the lead up to that. Um, again, had no niggles, but I remember I think it was day seven, day seven or day eight. Uh, my left Achilles was really sore, so um, just running on the side of the road, I don't think it was great for it. Um, so yeah, that played up a little bit over the course of the of the twelve days, sort of day seven or eight. But again, it was I taped it up a little bit and then um, was just able to work through it. And it was okay. So again, more so once you get started, it was okay. So it wasn't a, a major problem. But um, other than the Achilles, again, I've, I was really fortunate with injuries, had no niggles, and was able to you know get the sixty k's done. Yeah, uh, sixty to sixty five k's done every day. Some days not feeling great, but other days feeling you know better than other. And you talk about a block of training, so. How long is a block of training for you? Yeah, well, a block of training for, in the lead-up, it's sort of a bit tricky in the lead-up to these big events because you don't want to go too too hard and do too many Ks and feel sort of flat before you even get started with it all. So I can't remember exactly how many um, you know months I would have prepared for the Adelaide run, but um, I just remember feeling really good leaving for Adelaide knowing that I'd done you know a whole heap of Ks and that the body was feeling really good in the lead-up and I was confident of getting that you know 60 to 65 Ks done a day. And I remember leaving the... I think it's a Rundle Mall in Adelaide yeah. with the support crew. Yep. And uh, yeah, feeling amazing. And I remember people saying the hills out of Adelaide is going to be really hard on day one and two. But I remember feeling pretty good for those first few days. I was days. about to say, how did you go with the Adelaide hills heading out of Adelaide? They're not small. Right? Yeah, no, they're not small. I didn't really know too much about them, to be honest. I'd heard about them. But I um, was obviously pumped on day one just to get the get the mission started. Um, and felt, yeah, felt really good uh, the first few days. And then I'll probably from you know, day five through to day nine, it might have been a little bit tougher. Um, I had a call from Crawf on, on one of the days, which was good, the BCNA. All right. um, yeah, got a hold of him and he gave me a call and we just chatted a little bit about um, yeah the run and how I was feeling and he sort of had the same issues, I think, with the, the Achilles and the foot and stuff like that with the, the running on the side of the road. So, But as a Mad Hawk supporter as well, that was awesome to hear from him. He definitely gave me a spring in my step that Absolutely. day. Yeah, so and you're, then, you're Hawthorne as well? Yeah, yeah, Mad Hawthorne, yep. So um, I'm a Geelong supporter, so oh, yeah. <laughs> going to have to cut this interview short. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to have to, uh, the rivalry. But um, yeah, it was great hearing from him. And then um, obviously the last few days, you just pumped to, to get home and we had really good support back home and heaps of donations. So it was good to get back. Had the pink lady there and uh, yeah, that was really good to, 
to do in 2014, and that sort of kick-started some bigger events since then. And about, sorry, was it $12,000 raised? Uh, $20,000 $20, that was, yeah, for the BCNA. In 12 so, days. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was really something, yeah, something, again, I'm really proud of, so it's, it was good. And how much raised during the 55 days? I guess, how much overall? I think it's just over seventy. Money? Yeah, just over $70,000 I've raised. So I've raised just over $50,000 for, for CAD's cause, which is Leukaemia Foundation, and done about 20000 for the um, Breast Cancer Network Australia. So... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. Seventy grand. It's not um, absolutely massive numbers, but it's a, a fair, um, fair chunk as well that I've been able to donate to charity, and that's all just through yeah. running and, and giving back, and you know, running for a purpose. Like I said before, bigger than myself. So, yeah, it's been really, really good, and something I'm really proud of. And that's a strong enough purpose. Like, say for example, last year it was a cold winter. Um, you've got to get up Sunday morning, four a.m., do a half marathon. Is that enough to get you out of bed and? do those half marathons or do you go an extra mile and find something else? Yeah. Is there other things that inspire you? Yeah, definitely do that. I mean, the, the big runs I've done, I think the best memories I've had are from, you know, having yeah that, that purpose. So getting back on June 1st, because it would have been my Nana's 79th birthday and mm -hmm. honoring her fight that she, she went through with the, the, um, the breast cancer and then obviously CAD's mission. So just continuing his legacy and, and honoring him as best I can through running as well. So, um, as much as there's hard days and days where you you know you're really struggling getting into it and, and getting started, I always think back to you know why I'm doing it. And if you have a you have a why, the the how becomes easy. So thinking back on um, you know like you said, what CAD would have done is just get out there and get it done and get started. So that was um, something I was always able to look back on and remember while I'm you know why I was doing what I was doing. But in yeah. terms of motivation and um, you know obviously my family are a huge motivation and all the kids and the support of Lee as well. So. Um, I make sure I'm yeah, not letting them down and doing the best I can to, to be a good role model and uh, husband and dad as well. So they're huge motivation for me as well. So yeah. anytime I think of them, I'm um, yeah definitely up and about and able to uh, get whatever I want done. Well, I think you've definitely ticked the boxes in terms of being a good role model for your kids and, yeah. of course, for your wife as well. Is she a keen runner? Yeah, she's uh, yeah she's quite active. She's um, you know done a couple of marathons and triathlons. So, yeah, she's quite active and into the running, not just crazy crazy distances <laughs> like me but um we've done the surf coast century before as a team of team before with a couple other friends yep. so that was a, an awesome day um but yeah she's That's 25k each yeah yeah as a team yep so that was really good and uh, no doubt we'll do like something like that again down the um down the track as a team but um yeah she loves the whole health and fitness industry probably a good time to lead into the surf coast century so i guess seven years later your first one 2012 you did the full 100k you're backing up seven years later 2019 for the full 100k again yeah yeah doing the full 100k again yeah and um plan to do it a lot better this time yeah. around and training a lot more specifically for the event so do you remember what sort of time you did first time around yeah in 2012 i think it was about 14 hours so 14? yeah yep. i'd done a few again i didn't really know a great deal about what i was doing with training or anything like that i did a couple of long runs a couple of I'd have done two 50k runs and thought I'll be right. I feel feel okay at 50. So you, I'll be able you, to hang in there. You literally did two 50k runs. I like I done smaller runs and smaller. and it built up. But in terms of my sort of long runs, I've done a couple of 50k's um, and a few other smaller runs um, and went into it thinking I was feeling okay. But did the first 50k's and actually felt felt alright. And I think I was um, you know not a bad time for the first 50, but then the struggled in the second 50, which I was always going to based on the the training. I just didn't have enough miles and enough k's in the legs, so. This time around, um, yeah, looking forward to doing it a hell of a lot quicker and um, aiming for under 10 hours. For so the full, aiming for, the for the sub 10? Yeah, aiming for sub 10 for the full 100. And um, yeah, training's been going really well. I've sort of had, had seven weeks since the 
finishing the half and I've only had three days off since then so I've been running every other day getting plenty of miles and legs so feeling really good and last using the last few weeks um, heading down on the course and getting used to the the, um, the course so been out doing a few of the training runs that are held each month yeah no I haven't done one of them yet I've definitely got to jump into one of them but I, I did uh, leg two last weekend and heading down um, leg uh, leg one and two I'll do this weekend so half a leg two and all leg one this week um, just trying to juggle it with the kids footy commitments and stuff like that on the weekends but definitely want to join the um, you know the crew for the, the training yeah. runs how did you find the, the course the first time around I'm pretty sure it's the same a similar course it might have been point to point back then yeah, yeah it was... rather than the loop style from Anglesey that they do now but how did you find it first time around yeah, it was amazing I grew up in Anglesey so when I first saw the the 100 kilometer race it was like a, a bit of a calling I thought I've got to do this so uh, I still rap that I did it, and I, I mean, I wasn't overly concerned with my time back then. I remember sitting down at the 50-kilometre mark and having a heap to eat and rubbing your legs and taking, my, you know, t- like 20, 25 minutes to, to get out and then get started for the second leg. I wasn't too concerned about time, but this year I'll be in and out looking to crack that 10 hours. It's a bit of a, a personal goal and a bit of a mission I'm on. Um, but I remember the course just being, yeah, beautiful. Obviously, I grew up in Anglesey, so I know a lot of the, um, you know, the trails through there. So it's good to get back out there the last few weekends and go over... Um, the trails again and get used to some of the climbs and the, the conditions and stuff like that, which is what I've got to do to get that time down. Yeah. I guess if we can get into the specifics of your training program. So what does your training program look like? It's quite structured, quite yep. route, you know, or do you just, is it a matter of time? You get out there, you yep. run according to time. Can you tell listeners yep. a little bit more about your training program? Yeah, it's quite structured. So I'm getting um, Julian Spence from uh, Run Strong. So he's, he's a... Uh, Running Former coach. Ambassador for Surf Coast Century too. Yeah, yep. yep. And an elite runner himself. So he, he's been awesome. So he's put together a plan. Um, obviously, he knows I want to hit that sort of sub 10 hour time. So he's put together a plan. And uh, yeah, he's been great in, in structuring that. And I'm feeling, you know, feeling amazing. So there's a couple of days there where I'm running twice a day. I've uh, got the long run on the weekends. And um, I've been doing a lot more uh, speed sort of stuff to try and get the speed up. So some track stuff, some 400s. Uh, oh, so a lot of sprint work. Yeah, a lot of sprint yep. work, yeah, a lot of sprint work, a lot of hill work as well. Um, but so I had sort of two recovery weeks following the half marathon, which is about 85 Ks for the week following the half marathons just to, to get the body, give the body a little bit of a rest. And then since then, I've been doing about 130 kilometers a week. Um, and then, yeah, with the focus on, um, you know, the, the easy runs being easy, but then the the, um, the good sessions, the hard sessions being hard. Like the, um, for instance, yesterday I did three minute, hill repeats up at the cement work hills if uh, for those listening that, yeah yeah yep. so it's three minutes um hill repeats for eight for eight rounds of that eight rounds eight rounds minutes, yeah so. so that was pretty solid with a with a warm-up and cool down so that was 16 kilometers in total um today i've got two easy runs is that just if you're kind of almost hashing over that is that absolutely brutal on your legs uh yeah that was pretty yeah eight it was pretty three yeah it was pretty solid yeah uh i remember getting through four of them and thinking i've still got four of these to go so yeah the climb up it's pretty much from the bottom of the hill to the to the top is a full three minutes you need to to get up there well for me anyway so yep. uh, that is pretty solid um and that's 16k in total. Oh, so i did a, i did about i did 6k sort of warm up just rolled the legs over and got them ready to go yep. for 6k and then Three minutes up and then a, a slow jog down was, was 8K there and then a couple of K cool down. So it was 16 kilometres in total. total. Yeah, but yeah. 8Ks of hills, you know, going up and then and then cruising down. So, But uh, I recovered really well from the hills. Feel really good this morning. The run this morning was good um, and felt fine on the way down. So my fitness is definitely 
uh, on the improve and feeling really good. And then um, I've got 40Ks this, uh, this Sunday. And then it's 51 days from today until the sort of first century. So seven weeks to go. So I'm sure there's some bigger runs in there. And I know I've got some, some hard sessions coming up, some 400s coming up next week, 2400. So, uh, but the training's been really specific. And um, yeah, I'm feeling amazing at the moment. And Julian's been fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say, is that a, that's a personal plan designed by Julian for you? Or is it something you can get off? A website that Julian might have, or uh, yeah, no, I'm yeah, basically getting coached by Julian, so it's something a plan that he's put together. Uh, you know, he like I said, he understands a goal that I want to hit sub ten hours. Um, so he's been in touch, um, asking how I'm feeling, and every sort of four weeks he will send he'll send through the next block of four weeks training, and um, he will see how I'm going. So he'll he'll check in on Strava, see how I'm going. So in addition to being a runner, an elite runner, he's yep. just been chosen to represent Australia, hasn't he? It's yeah. World Championships. So, yeah. in addition to being an elite runner, he's also a running coach. Yeah, correct. So. Yeah. So he, uh, yeah, he owns um, him and Brie own the the running company in Ballarat. So he's up there working away there. But um, an elite runner himself, he yeah, just been chosen to represent Australia um, for the marathon in um, Doha in a couple of months. So I know he's in he's in heavy training. I'm following him on Strava and seeing his um, his crazy crazy runs and crazy speeds. Yeah. But he's an elite runner. But um, yeah, a good mate as well. And then, like I said, a fantastic run coach. He's got um, a really good group of runners who are all smashing their I times. And I'm looking forward Steve to it. Steve Monaghetti is involved there somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure he, yeah, I think he does. Have a, been an inspiration for him. Yeah, I think so, for sure. And I think he does a few runs up there with, with Mona. He's tracking along pretty well himself at, at his age. But, um, you know, Julian's flying. And, uh, yeah, I hope to be, um, I don't think I'll ever hit his his speeds. But in terms of um, yeah, reaching what I want to reach, he's been he's been awesome. I'm, I'm sure, no doubt. If I just keep following the plan and keep putting in the work that he's um, designed for me, that I'll um, yeah achieve the the sub ten hour yeah. goal, which is a, the big aim. There's definitely something about running in Ballarat. It seems to be cycling in Bendigo and running in Ballarat. I'm a Ballarat boy myself, so yeah, well aware of Steve Montagetti and all his achievements. So yeah, some pretty good crew getting around up there. Yeah, but um, so you're on track. Yeah, on track. So yep. you're on track for Surf Coast. Yeah, yeah. 35Ks last week felt good. Uh, I know there's a long way to go after 35Ks, but um, yeah, feeling really good. I think the plan is to have sort of 8 to 10 really good um, sort of solid long runs rather than a you know a big sort of crazy 85, 90K run. It's more about banking the 8 to 10 uh, long solid runs, doing the, the runs during the week and then combining them with some hills and some track work to increase that speed and, and leg strength and all that sort of stuff. So... There is a little bit of undulation in the course. I mean, Surf mm. Coast Surgery is known for being a flatter course compared yep. to some of your bigger ultra-running courses, especially uh, the one, the UTA 100, I think, in, in the Blue Mountains, quite quite hilly, being in the Blue Mountains. Yep. Um, Surf Coast Century known as more of a, not easy, but you know, in terms of degree of difficulty, it's mm. quite achievable if, if you put in the work and... Whereas something like UTA 100 is probably a far off goal for a lot of people. It's a type of event that you might participate in and not finish. Mm. Whereas the Surf Coast Century, if you prepare properly, yeah, you know, doing things like these hill sprints and um, sprint training and all the rest, then yeah. you're a good chance of finishing. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I had a look at the results from last year. I think the first fifteen, um, you know, fifteen individuals were uh, were sub ten hours. So uh, yeah, like you said, if you if you do the work and um, follow the plan and, and put in the hours and, and get the K's in the legs and then combine that yeah with the hills and make sure the, the legs are strong as well, you can definitely 
you know, run that time. And I think Ash Watson, the winner last year. Yeah, it's was another Bell eight, boy. Yeah, it was eight, <laughs> eight hours something. He was absolutely flying. So, yeah. um, you know, that's insane, that sort of speed. But, yeah, it's definitely a, a um, fast course, especially that first leg. If you get on the beach and you get a good run there, you can, uh, you know, punch out the first leg pretty quick and then... Um, you know, get to the halfway mark and then reassess things and then and then that, go that again. That is super quick, isn't it? Yeah, that's unbelievable. I mean, that's yeah, Margaret River Ultra Marathon, for example, which is held by run by Rapid Ascent and held in March each year. I think the winner was seven hours fifty four minutes, and you've got the winner of the Surf Coast Century coming through in it was eight and a bit. Yeah, eight and a bit. Mm. I think eight minute, eight hours twelve minutes from memory. Yeah, uh, could be wrong, but yeah, super quick. Yeah, it's unbelievably quick. I'm not sure if he's backing it up again this year, but uh, if he is, he'll be he'll be very hard to beat. I think he'll be back to back if he does it again. So he's obviously an elite runner. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just sub ten hours. I'll be happy to, to crack that, combining um, you know work and kids and a busy sort yeah. of busy hectic life. But I'll be yeah really proud if I can do the sub ten hours. And at the moment, yeah, everything body's feeling really good. Like I said, I feel feeling good in training. Um, definitely feeling really fit. So looking forward to. It. Um, you know, following the plan for the next seven weeks. I know there's some a few big weeks of running coming up and then can't wait to get to the start line knowing that I've given myself the best chance to, to run really well down there. And what's driving you this time around? Are you raising money for charity or this is more of a personal goal? Yeah, this is a bit of a personal goal, a bit of a personal mission. Like I just wanted to um, get Julian on board as a coach and then uh, I suppose train for something properly. I've never really trained for anything properly. I've always just done a, a few midweek runs and then the long run on the weekend, but um, I'm definitely doing things a lot Differently and a lot better this time around. Um, I've registered for the 100-mile run in New Zealand in Feb next year. So that'll be my first 100. 100 miles, yeah, so 160-odd K. Yeah, I think it's 162Ks over yeah. there. So that'll be my first time doing a 100-mile run, and I want to get into a few of them next year. So basically, I want to use this Surf Coast Century as a platform uh, in September to, to knock that over in sub-10 and then um you know train really hard for the next sort of four or five months and lead up to the 100 miler in new zealand in feb we'll go over with the family and i'll uh yeah give that a give that a crack over there so that's the the plan to um set up a really good result at the 100 miler with a, a good result down here at the surf coast century yeah that's i could see that's basically talking about already talking about your next event i mean surf coast century is still six weeks away or so mm-hmm. um on September 21, you've you've got this event lined up after Surf Coast Century. So, seems to me you're big on goals. You're big on. Do you write this stuff down and go? I'm going to do this in February. I'm going to do that in September 21. Surf Coast Century, for example. Do you write these things down? Uh, and... Yeah, no, I don't. I don't write them down. Um, what I I do. Um, I just got in my mind exactly sort of what I want to do and how I how I want to work things. So. I saw the New Zealand 100 mile come up, and that's one that I've um, I've always wanted to do a 100 mile race. Um, again, it's something I haven't done before. I've done some other crazy long distance and over you know 18 months sort of stuff, but that's the smaller stuff every day. So, looking forward to testing the, the body and mind out over the course of 162 days in New Zealand. That'll be a, a beautiful run over there. Uh, I saw some highlights from last year's run, so. Yeah, uh, is that on the North Island or the South Island? I think it's the North Island, yeah. Yep. It looks amazing. So, um, yeah, we'll go over there for a bit of a holiday after I've done the run. I don't but, think Australia has a genuine 100-mile race, do they? Um, I can't think of one. I'm not sure, yeah. The UTA 100. The Grampians, actually, is interesting. They have a 160k walking track that's opening up in the new year. Yeah, yeah. 
I think there was one last 100 miles. So. Yeah, it might have been one last weekend. There was a hundred mile up at the the Yu Yangs as well. Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah. So I think there might be a few floating around. But I just saw this and I saw some highlights from it and I've read a little bit about it. So <laughs> uh, I just sort of decided that if I can knock over the hundred k at the Surf Coast Century and feel good. I can head to um, New Zealand in Feb and see how the body and the mind goes with 162k and test myself there as well. So uh, it's good to have yeah goals to work towards and that's a that's a big one and you've got to obviously put in the work otherwise it'll be a complete disaster on the day. So yeah, um, yeah, looking forward to ticking this one off and then getting stuck into probably even more kilometres um, in in readiness for Feb next year. Yeah, and in terms of drivers, just getting back to that um, beyond Andrew's foundation and his story, is it? Any anyone else out there that really inspires you, even uh, in the running community, especially, um, or as a people outside the running community? I mean, all runners in a way, I suppose, inspire me. I've, I yeah. listened to um, Pat Farmer's story the other day on a on a podcast. Like some of the stuff he's done is is unbelievable. That was on the Running Matters. Podcast, yeah, yeah, listen to it. Yeah. yeah, the boys. Yeah, so that was fantastic. Um, his story, um, and even some stuff he's still doing now. It's amazing. So, um, but anyone that laces the shoes up and gets out there, you know, some of the stories I hear just from recreational runners is is amazing so yeah i find inspirations i suppose from a lot of different angles um super inspired by my like i said my family and kids um my mom and my, my sisters as well so um but yeah a lot of runners out there doing amazing things um at an elite level but then just recreation runners um getting out there doing their thing as well and, and stories like sean in the first episode like his his yeah. story is amazing um yeah and i know he's doing surf coast century 50k in, in september so from what um, you know, from what happened to, to him, and then to come back and be able to run fifty k's in September, like that's an amazing story in itself. So there's inspiration all around us, and I just sort of pick bits and pieces and um, use it to fuel me. Yeah, a similar story actually. He was carrying a little bit of weight before he started running, and the day of the um, I know he was unwell the day that of his incident on the beach here in Torquay when he had a cardiac arrest. But um, you spoke about carrying a little bit of weight before. The 535 consecutive half marathons is that because you weren't setting these goals in your mind or was it just a, a purely life uh, life got in the way like yeah. you had a, a six month old baby yeah yeah life yeah i mean i could I'll probably use the excuse that life got in the road but um yeah probably the first thing you said just not having a, a goal to work towards so i was just in a bit of a rut and looking to um I was doing a couple of, you know, 10K runs a week, throwing a few weights around and stuff like that, but wasn't setting the world on fire and was just looking for something big to accomplish. And like I mentioned before, I like to try and do something bigger and better than the previous time. So the, the last one prior to the, the 535 was the 24-hour treadmill event and then the marathon. So I was trying to think of a way to top that. So I just went through a really, really um, flat spot and obviously, yeah, had a newborn. So I, I needed to um, you know, get my get my shit together and, and get moving again. And um, I thought, what better way to do that than you know go back and on a cat again with the five three five mission? But yeah, um, yeah, I was just in a bit of a bit of a rut, and that's why it's important now. I think for me, I'm just going to continually set goals and, and try and um, make them bigger and better each time. And and uh, yeah, still enjoying the running and enjoying the training, and then um, yeah, combining family life with that as well. And what do you do outside of running? I mean, there's Training, for, uh, running 535 consecutive half marathons, all well and good, but did you find that monotonous at any stage? Is it something yeah. outside of running, I guess the gym? Yeah, the gym, yeah. So I own the, own the gym in Geelong, so I've done that for nearly 13 years now. What's so, the name of your gym? Uh, Fit and Focused. Fit and Focused. Fit and Focused. So we're in yep. South Geelong there, so I started that in 2006, back in the day. Uh, so yeah, coming up to 13 years in business now, so we've got a great group of clients there. 
um, through training is our big focus. We've got some mums classes as well. We run on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So yeah, we've got an amazing fit and focus family that I absolutely love going there. So that takes up a, a fair bit of my time. And then obviously family as well. The boys play basketball and, and footy. Uh, little Carter's just turning two, so he's keeping us busy. Um, so yeah, mainly just family, family life, and and the gym, and then uh, and then running in my sort of main uh, main passions and and what I do and what I love doing outside of running. Just love yeah, spending time with the with the kids. Yeah, and the Hawthorne Football Club. Yeah, Mad Hawks. Getting along Water. to see the Hawks. Yeah, yeah. Are you a member at the? Yeah, yeah, members. Yeah, we're all members. So uh, all the boys have been members every every year since they've been born. Uh, yeah, we're all members. Ella, even little Carter has got a two year membership already with the Hawks. So. Uh, yeah, we're all mad, mad Hawk supporters. Watch the Hawks every week and go up when we can as well. If we can work around the kids' footy, um, you know, we'll head up there and and watch the games together. Um, and often with with mum and my sisters and stuff like that. So, yeah. and gave Geelong a hiding a couple of weeks ago too. Yeah, we love that. Yeah, we did like that game. So that was a, <laughs> I didn't. That, that was a, a good win from the Hawks. No, it's sensational. I know you touched on doing the Surf Coast Century as a team. Team entries online still open for for listeners out there. If you're thinking about doing the Surf Coast Century, even if if you've been training training with a heavy load, then the 100k is still quite possible. But I guess the team option is definitely there for for listeners who may want to participate. Get together a couple of mates. Obviously loved it on the day in 2012 when you did it as a team. Yeah, yeah. So individual as a, as individually in 2012, and then a couple of years ago did it as a team. A uh, years yeah. Ago. So yeah. I was. Um, I was happy to knock over leg one just so I could, you know, high five me mate at leg two and then yeah. chill out for the rest of the day. So, um, yeah, my wife Lee, she did leg three, and then uh, Holly, who joined me for some of the half marathons, she did she did leg four, and her partner Ryan did leg two. So that was an awesome awesome day, all yeah. four of us. Uh, yeah, really enjoying the team event. So it's a fantastic event, whether it's an individual, you know, individual event or a or a um a team event. You guys always put on a. Yeah, an awesome day down here. Hopefully the weather's nice for this year so we can all um yeah. Hopefully have a good I've run. heard stories about last year with the rain coming in sideways and the hail and the Yeah, I did quite a cold day. Yeah, so I wasn't down so. there last year but I heard the heard the same. Uh the weather was yeah, horrendous I've heard from a few runners. So yeah. this year it's a bit of sun out and not too much wind so we can all enjoy the run. Hopefully sunny, cloudy, something good. Yeah. So it'll be my first time and I can't wait. So yeah, team options available for two to four runners. Um, that's for the Surf Coast Century relay option. 100k solo entries still open, of course, and 50k solo entries open as well. Uh, you'll be doing the the 100k solo. Yep. On track, pumped, ready. Yep, can't wait. Uh, Sean Purcell from episode one, he'll be doing the 50k. So it's there's actually quite a bit of flavour and fanfare building for this event. So I can't wait to see some of you guys out there running and doing your thing. It'll be awesome. Fifty-one days from today, so I've been. Uh, I've got the countdown going. Um, yeah, looking forward to, like I said, the next uh, block of training. But yeah, definitely on the countdown, and can't wait to get started on the on the morning of September twenty-first. Yeah, it's um, been sensational chatting to you, Matt. I mean, we gave a brief intro at the start re- with regard to some of your the other events and milestones that you've achieved, but probably only scratched the surface. We went through in quite a bit of detail your five hundred and thirty-five consecutive half marathons. So. Congratulations on that. Is there anything out there on the horizon that you're thinking about? Uh, no, really just... Beyond the 160k yeah. in New Zealand? Yeah, we're just focused on the 100k here first in September and then, uh, yeah, some uh, more training load, getting ready for the my first 100, 100 mile in, in February next year. But after that, no, I've left the, um, the calendars open to 
towards if uh, yeah the rest of next year. So I'll see how I go with the the run in Feb and then um, you know pencil in some more runs, no doubt next year. But looking forward to these next two big events and seeing how I go. And if there's any listeners out there that may be feeling a bit sluggish about their training and you know probably doubting whether they can finish the hundred k or you know the personal the self doubt starts to creep in when you get six weeks out from an event. Any last words of wisdom or advice? Uh, well, it's all in your preparation. So, um, you know, if, you, if you're following a plan or you, you haven't made a start yet, you should really make a start. Yeah. But if you're following a plan, just stick to the plan um, and, and just do the work because on race day, you'll, you'll feel 100 times better for, and give yourself a lot of confidence on the start line knowing that you've, you've put in the work that you need to put in to, to run a good race, whatever distance that may be or individual or team event. So mm-hmm. it's all about just preparing as best you possibly can and, and getting the, the work done in the lead up so on race day you feel amazing. As you said before, get the job done. That's it. And finding your why as well. Yeah, that's find, it. Find yep. a strong why and the how becomes easy. Yep. That was a Spot on. Quote. Yeah, that's it. Matt, thanks very much for your time today. It's been brilliant to chat with you. Thanks very much and for having us. All the best on September 21. Look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.